For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. is going on everybody welcome in to this gorgeous gorgeous monday november 28th 2022 edition of the energy newsbeat daily stand up i am your humble humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man did you have a good thanksgiving uh, I got sick. So other than that, not a problem. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Um, we hope you feel better, but it'll be a, um, a great week. Excited to have everybody back. We really hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving and we're back on the grind. I mean, we've got some, we've got some heavy hitters coming up. I mean, if you at all <laughs> were looking, if you were Stuart, all we're looking at oil and gas prices over, uh, over break, it was fairly depressing oil down to $76 natural gas about $7, but looks to be trading down somewhere around 680 when the market opens as we record this um, Sunday afternoon, about 425. So not, you know, bearish fundamentals all around, but I actually do think on the nat gas side, there is some bullishness and we'll cover all that. But first, Stu's got some really happy on Wednesday, um, really, really good energy rant by Tucker Carlson. And really it comes down to prosperity and how people prosper. Stu will cover all that. Um, China is doubling down on cold fire power plant capacities. Stu's got an angle on that. Oh, this one shocked me. U.S. nuclear reactors among the <laughs> oldest in the world. Turns out we're the third oldest. I'd move quickly. Um, he'll cover that. I think the biggest story, which I've got a lot to say on, is the U.S. temporarily issuing Chevron a license to pump oil from Venezuela. Uh, you've heard me right. Venezuela will now be pumping oil and Chevron will be doing it. And finally, if you weren't scared enough, the diesel crunch is finally causing demand destruction. Stu, I don't even know where to begin. I'm turning it over to you. Where well, do we start? Let, let's start with Tucker. I saw this bad dog Friday night and I got to hand it to Tucker Carlson. He's one of the few, Gutfeld and Carlson, that's the only two I watch on Fox. But when Tucker really hit it out of the park, he's talking about energy yep. drives the entire economy. And Michael, that's what I was saying is let's reduce the uh, interest rates and just get the energy policies fixed. He basically said the same thing. So I think Tucker heard one of our uh, episodes. So, you know, I think we yeah. provided him with all that information. But uh, he had some things in here that were absolutely uh, wonderful when he said, uh, in a nation with the largest recoverable oil reserves, this is Tucker talking in the in the script, in a nation with the largest recoverable oil reserves on planet Earth, many Americans can no longer afford fossil fuels. And once again, this is not an accident. It's a natural cycle we're going through. Politicians and policymakers are doing to it on purpose, doing it to us on purpose. That's criminal. Anyway, this there's a lot to it. It's on the newsbeat and the film. 
So the film's on there, so it's worth going to energynewsbeat.com and uh, taking a look at that one. So that feeds into our other one with Venezuela. So let's jump over to uh, the article is uh, U.S. closer to issuing Chevron a license to pump oil in Venezuela, part of the U.S. dumpster fire on energy policies. I'm, this is just ridiculous. Okay. Venezuela has lost so much production ability It will take them 10 years to rebuild their infrastructure. So why is the Biden administration thinking that they can say, we are going to go let Chevron, and Chevron's not real excited about this because about the money that it's going to take to go in there. So this is another example of Biden going out and the fist bump and infamy just drives me nuts when he was uh, over there begging for oil. We got the greatest people on the planet ready to drill and solve the problems. Just get the handcuffs off. And the most environmentally friendly drillers are here exactly. in America. Let me remind you at here, here. Here's my thing. It, I, I love the, the, the quote in the article. And again, all of these articles you guys can check out www.energynewsbeat.com. For this reason, Chevron CEO Mike Worth recently estimated it would take months and years in order to be, begin to maintain and refurbish fields and equipment and change any investment activity. For this reason, many are seeing the White House additional six-month as license as a complete unrealistic timetable and constraint. Just when they actually try to do something good, increase the amount, increase the supply of oil, they issue a temporary license to go produce oil and gas from a company, from a country that all of that energy money is going to go to a dictatorship. It's not like the money's going to get spread around nope. and all of a sudden new hospitals are going to get built. And we're going to see all this new economic activity. No, no, no. It's going to go straight into the pocket of that regime. Okay, oh, so yeah. fair enough. Shut down operations. But then you can't just say it's all politics. It, it drives me insane because, as you said, there's so many things we could be doing here. We could be drilling. We could be doing a lot more. Instead, we're probably going to have windfall taxes. We're going to cap the price of Russian oil. It's as you said, Stu, this, in my opinion, is not criminal, but it's it's it's, a, it's the dumpster fire of the Biden energy policies. Unbelievable. It really is. All right. What's next? Okay. That fits along with our next story. If anybody can, our regular regular customers, our regular listeners can tell that I have all these stories that weave a path or they're all connected when we talk about it. This one fills in with the same thing. There's been a lack of money in maintenance or a lack of commitment, just as there is a lack of commitment in Venezuela for drilling. Here's this one, Michael. You and I were laughing about this one right before the show. And the United States is number three with the oldest reactors in the world. We have 92 reactors and they're the oldest in the world. They're the third oldest. Title of this article is the U.S. nuclear reactors are among the oldest in the world. Oh, my goodness. And they have this list here. So Switzerland, oldest at 46.3, but they only have four reactors. Belgium comes in at number two. Their reactors are 42.3 years of age, but they have seven. Coming in at number three, as you mentioned, Stu, 41.6 years old, 92 reactors. I would move ASAP if I was near one of these 
these old school hydrogen bombs. And and France France has got fifty six in their nuclear yeah. fleet. Yep, and there's they a thirty seven point one. Oof, oof. Yeah, thirty seven point one. Here's the gotcha. France, because of the, uh, I, I'm for lack of a better word, the Green New Deal. Uh, how do you say Green New Deal in French? Oulas, uh, comuto, hey, I, I have no idea. Ooh. It sounded more Spanish to me, but you get yeah, credit for the uh, attempt. Uh, actually, you know, who knows? When we go through and we take a look at France, France has put no money in maintenance. Absolutely no money because they thought they were going green everywhere. So everybody was saying France is the poster child of nuclear. They've got 56 nukes. Michael, how many can they use? Yeah, probably not that many. I mean, I don't know. Do you have They're less than half. Uh, Less than half of the reactors are capable of being used. What does that mean? That means that they're having to uh, really look for the resources. There's two other articles that fall in with this. We don't have time to cover, but Norway... Uh, last week we talked a little bit is doing really well, but they're going to be pulling back their natural gas and everything because Norway is rich in energy and they're rightfully going to watch out for themselves. So France is in a little bit of trouble, just like Germany now because of bad management. So, uh, and, uh, the other article I was reading today was if you're going to retire, Michael, go to Norway. I'm in, uh, okay. you, know, so, you and I are so moving. Soon you'll be coming from Norway. i am okay and then the diesel crunch is finally the uh here's where it gets a little funny demand destruction is kicking in and we had a buildup the last uh month we it was the lowest diesel uh amount that we had since 1951 so that's not very much. We're still at about $5.35. However, the numbers are showing that even with demand destruction, it is going to remain high. The refineries are able to sell their diesel across the pond, even with transport, more than $5.30. So I also saw in some places in California, $7 diesel. You and I have talked about before, this could be fixed. Yeah, $7 diesel is not good for Amazon. No. Think about them trucks and everybody else that gets a little spoiled. You and I have talked about this quite a a bit. Demand destruction uh, still will not uh, long-term have a negative impact. Short-term, yes. Well, and as you've you've aptly mentioned multiple times, demand destruction is worse than supply, oversupply, or undersupply. It's much easier to fix that than it is fix systemic demand problems. So, you know, Unfortunately, we're beginning to sound like a broken record, but unfortunately, we report the news. We That's all we do is report the news, folks. It is what it is. Um, We've got one more here. What is, oh, great. Another doozy. China back on coal. What's this one? No, no. China, we talked about it last week, but it surfaced again because they are now going to just, they're, why are we even in the Paris Accord when we're the cleanest country in the world and China is now building, uh, they're going to double their coal plants in the next few years. Go, I mean, I'm serious. They, oh, the quote that I need to read in here was absolutely hilarious. Let me get that quote. 
this print photo, them today. You're going green on us. You're going green on us. I want, I love me some green. I want everybody to know. I don't care what we use. Let's use the lowest cost energy. I mean, you're tired of me saying that. The article is called China to Double Coal-Fired Plants and Capacity Aims to Avoid European-U.S. Blunders Send Climate Protesters to China for a Glue Party. That I like. So instead of it getting, you know, glued to the runway or glued to a thing let's send them to china where it's really pollution if you're going to try to do anything um yeah i mean it's one of the sad facts that we outsource our pollution to china and other countries to dispose of them because they don't necessarily care as much as we do so am i shocked that china's going back on coal no but it's just another you know, it's just another unfortunate point about the current mix of energy in the co- in the world. Um, and and the reason that they, there was a quote in here I'm looking for, Michael, it was just absolutely a hoot. And, and it's part of the the thing up there. And and they they do not want to make the mistake Germany had made. And you and I have talked about California. There is the Germany, which. Kind of failed. And then you have California that followed everything Germany did. So anyway, yeah. personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I don't the think pro- the issue is you're probably not wrong, even if it is an opinion. You know, Michael, I, I don't get to see you speechless very often. No, it, 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 it unfortunately <laughs> happens too much, though. Hey, so that, is that everything? Is is that well, there's everything? one other article on there that I want to uh, go over with you tomorrow, and it was Exxon is now saying it may not be as good of a buy right now, and I've been seeing some uh, updates on that, and so I'd like to get ready for that one tomorrow and get your opinion on Exxon. Well, I mean, this blends right into you know I you know oil's currently trading at seventy six. 55 right now right set to open 76 28 i mean wasn't it supposed to be 120 dollars according to according to uh golden sacks <laughs> according to Stu, according to the one according to goldman sacks according to Stu, according to everybody i know oh it's gonna be 120 bucks by the end of the year i mean you don't have that much time left folks you've got 30 days left here for oil as i mentioned currently trading 76 55 I mean, you're talking about light holiday trading. That's probably what drove it down. We were up to a little below $80 right before but the start of uh, Thanksgiving. What is Brent? Brent was 94. Brent's currently 85.15. So, I mean, yeah. let's see what happens with this Russian oil price cap. That's sort oh. of the, the news right now. It doesn't look like um, they're really even able to agree upon a price. Again, I don't. I think the, the markets are going to have a mixed reaction with this price. I actually think when it's implemented, you might see the price initially fall a little bit like they want. But I do think in the long term, when supply and demand not balance each other out, but sort of get into more of a steady flow once this price cap is intact, I do think you'll see prices rise in the long term. But it doesn't beat the fact that the bears have been winning. And I think there's a whole host of people that I'm not saying they need to eat crow now, but need to start warming to the idea that they're going to do that. Because the way the markets look now, I don't see any way oil makes it to $120 before um, the end of the year without something just absolutely crazy happening. Tactical nuke in Ukraine, which I hope doesn't happen, you know, but, you know, crazy someone, you know, someone nukes Saudi or I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen, but oh, no. you know, if it gets to 120 at this point, something extraordinary has happened and you'll hear about it all on here, but 
Um, Goldman Sachs, Michael, Goldman Sachs put out today that they are said we are still in a bear market. Do not expect that this little bump that's happening is is the bottom. They're saying we ain't at the bottom. Yeah. And and if the overall market tanks, guess what? Oil prices are going down. Sorry, guys. It just is what it is. It's not oil prices are not going to just spike all of this because it, it just trust me, it's not going to happen. So it's going to be very interesting, Stu. It's going to be very spicy what happens. You know, oh, yeah. oil companies, you know, it's easy to say oil is 100 bucks. It only ain't 100 bucks. Oil is $76. There's a little difference between uh, between all that. So, um, you know, you know, hang with us here um, on the nat gas side. Again, we've got um, some some both bullish and bearish weakness. Part of the reason why we're down to six dollars and eighty cents, up from around seven dollar or seven forty, um, is mainly due to the EIA on Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving. They went ahead and dropped their weekly storage. We only saw an eight BCF draw, which I mean is is a big draw, but we were expecting somewhere in the the, the higher eighties. Even a couple of firms had ninety, so that sort of miss of expectations is sort of what brought markets down again light trading over this uh holiday weekend so again that leads into just sort of some bearish weakness you know hopefully as you're listening to this on your commute here oil prices and natural gas prices have found a little bullish momentum forward but especially <laughs> on the natural gas side weather forecast you know we're in our third straight el nina which means prices or uh weather this summer is or winter is going to be a fairly cold they're expecting uh, um, latest not gas weather, which drops every Wednesday or every day at the end of the market. Their last report was on Wednesday, specifically focuses on it's much, you know, these the, the outlook for the entire winter has turned much colder over the past few weeks, considering this is the third straight El Nino or La Nina. I forget which one it is, but the one that makes the winters cold, guys. So that's, I think, part of the reasons why there's some more bullish factors on the natural gas side. Also in the fact that we will be drawing natural gas just systemically because it, we're now in heating season. So I think those two factors combined paint a much more bullish picture for natural gas than crude oils do. I don't see how crude oil gets above 90 in by the time, you know, if I had to put a bet on whether oil's 60 or a hundred, I'd put my money on 60 before I'd put my money on a hundred. And what about you? I'll, I'll take, I'll bet you for uh cold, hard cash, $1. Cause I think oh. it's going to the hundred. Okay. Well, I'm, I mean, it might go to 100, but I think we'll see 60 before we see 100. So it may have to take right. a little bit southern dip. But I mean, hopefully, hopefully we see 100. Hopefully, I'm paying you a dollar. Uh, I will do that. I will come. I will drive down there. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> You're everywhere and nowhere at the same time. What uh, what should people be looking for today and this week? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a slow week at the beginning, and um, hearing some rumblings uh, around Europe on this price cap. And uh, sanctions don't work, price caps don't work. But we, as they start rolling out and some issues, you that will impact the prices. So uh, we just need to watch and and see how it plays out. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I, it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with this price cap. You know, I, I, I'm looking mainly for natural gas. See some more bullish signs, um, especially um, as we get into the, these later weeks here. Crude oil, who knows? It's a crapshoot, honestly, right now. So, uh, you know, take your bets. You see where we lie. The question is, where do you lie? Um, uh, we want to hear. 
Yeah, we want to hear. If you guys got your predictions, let us know. Drop it in the comments. We appreciate all the positive feedback we've gotten. But I think with that, Stu, we're going to let these people get out of here, finish up their morning, and let them get back to work. Thank you for checking us out, guys, on the Energy News Beat Daily Stand-Up. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Today's episode of the Energy Newsbeat podcast is brought to you by Inveris. The energy industry faces massive challenges every day, and the events over the last two years have caused huge disruptions like never before. Companies in the energy industry need actionable intelligence and a single source of truth that brings all the data together. Inveris is the energy specialized technology partner that provides intelligent connections for a global energy ecosystem. Only Inveris has the analytics, people, experience, and industry scope to connect the right data and information in the right way to discover missed opportunities and deliver fast outcomes. Find out more at Inveris.com. That's E-N-V-E-R-U-S.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.